0: advice for I mean for anybody who wants to do anything outside the box
1: yeah I, I touched on this earlier in the interview if you have a dream if you have a passion for something believe in yourself and take a leap of faith
0: What's up, everybody? This is indeed the E Man. Channel like the Dylan Sandy like Bob Dylan. Keep it on the note with some double stuff. Oh yeah. Nice Let's <laughs> go. Um, man, uh, you know, I love movies. Movies are my jam, movies are my bread and butter. I've said this many times on the podcast, and I have a very special guest in the building today. Man, oh man. Let's grind in the nineties. Uh, He's an actor and director. Uh, He had a few guest spots on ER, on Living Single, on on Seinfeld, you know. But um, he made his film debut in 1992 in American Me with the legendary James Edward Almos, or Edward James Almos, should I say? And also in 98, he played Anthony Ramirez in John Travolta's Primary Colors. But his breakout breakout role in the very highly anticipated sequel next Friday as Baby Joker. I'm honored to say that Mr. Rolando Molina is on the special delivery show today. What's going on, my
1: friend? How you doing today? What's up, my brother? I love the Black Jesus poster in the back, bro. That's dope. Uh, that Jesus? That is pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. Is it, or is it oh Jack Black? Ah, I thought it said black Jesus. <laughs> I'm dead, bro. It's Jack Black with most depth. Oh, that's the movie Be Kind Rewind. Yes, sir. Okay, I got you. That's that's a good that's a good that's a good movie, man. I love that oh, movie. Oh I love the
0: movie. I actually um I had a chance to interview um Quentin Aaron from the blind side. And when I was oh, doing my nice. research, I didn't realize he was in it. This is actually his first film, and so like oh. you know. I love the movie anyway, and I said, you know, I might All as well right. just get the poster. I love collecting movie posters. So, um, uh, man, so much just to go into. I Just want to know how things in your area of the world. You're over there in Los Angeles, obviously. Obviously, uh, I'm from LA. Where are you from? Originally, I was born in Jersey, and then okay. I moved to the South. You know, moved to um, okay. so I'm 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 in South Carolina right now.
1: Oh, bro, I've been to South Carolina, Beaufort, Beaufort, okay. South Carolina. Uh, uh, There was there's an international film festival called the Buford International Film Festival. And uh, back in 2014, 2015, more or less, uh, a short film that I did um, ended up uh, being uh, an official selection over there. And uh, it was nominated for Best Film. Our director was nominated for Best Director and yours truly was nominated for Best Actor in the short so nice. they flew us out there. Thank you. They flew us out there uh, uh, for the weekend to, uh, you know, uh, enjoy the, the film festival and whatnot. And I love Buford, man. It's beautiful, beautiful beach town. Very quiet, quaint, you know, and that Southern hospitality is a real thing. Did you get a chance to try any food? Absolutely. The sweet tea alone. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that's when I discovered Waffle House, too. Oh, y- y'all don't have a Waffle House on the West Coast. We do. We do not have Waffle House out here. No, excuse me. Oh, no sir. wow. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Yeah. Uh, it was a very nice, eye-opening experience. Cheesy eggs. Wow. Yeah. yeah had,
0: I don't know if you um. There's a lot of places, but um. Uh, see, I was. I'm living in South Carolina now, but I was raised in North Carolina in a small town called Wilson, and man. Okay. A lot of good food there, but um, have you heard of this place called Bojangles? I've heard of it, but I've never been. You gotta go, it's okay. it's it's some of the best. Like they have, uh, it's, it's a chicken place, you know, and it's, oh. it's Cajunized chicken and it's really, really Ooh. good. It's really good. You'll you, had, it.
1: you had me, you had me a chicken and Cajun. <laughs> done. (laughs) Um, I'm huge on Cajun food. I love that. Uh, But see, when we went to South Carolina, um, the uh, hosts, they were the ones cooking and everything. So it was a lot of homemade food that we were eating and whatnot. Um, But I I'm probably going back again uh, to Buford in March uh, because uh, another short film that I did with the same writer director as the other one that I went to we did a couple of short films and one of them got accepted again into Buford. So we might be making that journey back out there again. So I'll definitely have to try jingles when I'm out there.
0: Oh yeah, please. Yeah, please do. And I'm, I might have to check out that. I love that. I love to watch um, short films. I love films in general. I would love to check that out. You know, I haven't been to any film festivals, but it's never
1: too late yeah. to go. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Film festivals are a lot of fun because that's where you get to see up and coming writers, directors, actors, people in the industry that are trying to get in, get their foot in the door. Uh, and also some veterans like myself that, you know, uh, I enjoy doing short films because uh, especially the, the subject matter is something I can relate to or something that uh, kind of moves me in a way. Uh, mm. I definitely I definitely love being part of that. And uh, the the matter of fact, the writer and director that I work with, his name is Fabian Martin. uh, He did a short film called 400 Miles. That's the first one that I did with him. And that's how I met him and his wife, Maria Martin. And um, we ended up becoming very good friends after that short film. Um, And so, you know, so now we've been collaborating on these other shorts and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, one of the reasons that I love working with Fabian is because him and I have very similar taste in films and also in subject matter of the films that uh, we, we enjoy. So, um, for example, the the one that's making the film festival circuits right now, it's called Estela, is it you? And it's about this, uh, widowed, uh, older Latina woman who, um, uh, you know, ends up uh, speaking to her dead husband, yours truly uh through the car radio that they both owned, and it was an older model 60s kind of surfer station wagon really cool car but it's got the old radio with the knobs and yeah. You know, she gets in the car one day and she starts hearing her husband talk to her, her dead husband talk to her, and I'm the dead husband. So, um, recently, uh, Fabian, the writer director, went with Laura Pantino, uh, not Pantino, Laura Pantalon, which is uh, the, the main actress in the short film, to uh, the Borrego Springs Film Festival over in Borrego Springs, uh, near San Diego, uh, or actually, sorry, Palm Springs, and uh. <clears throat> They received the short film. It was a huge success. They received it w- w- with open arms and everybody truly loved it. Laura was uh, uh, kind of mobbed afterwards by the crowd because they really enjoyed her performance. So, uh, yeah, so I, I think that, uh, you know, working with uh Latino uh, writer and director like Fabian is definitely something I want to continue to do.
0: Fantastic. You know, I have um, friends of mine that, I mean, and there's a lot, I mean, one of the things I loved about, I live in, Okay, so I live in Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is like twenty okay. minutes away from Charlotte, North Carolina. And right. like when I moved here, when some of the some of the, some of my friends that I met through work, they make short films and 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 things like that. And I didn't realize there was so much of a a circuit for that in this area in the Charlotte oh, yeah. area. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to my friend Chris Gervais. Shout out to my friend Micah Treblefield. You know, they they mm-hmm. they won a few awards on their films and everything like that, and they're really Love talented. It. Um. Uh, well, speaking of movies, and you seem to love movies like I do. Um, one of, one of the questions I always ask for my guests, uh, especially if they're actors, is what movie truly knocked your socks off and you were like, Whoa, I have to be an actor? You know, what, what, what was it for you?
1: That is a, an excellent question, brother. Um, so, um, I, I, what, when I was a kid, uh, I, my my mom uh you know she she she's an immigrant and so is my dad and the one thing that my mom loved to do with me and my little brother when i was about five six years old was take us to the movies every saturday and uh that's when i started falling in love with uh movies and and, uh, film and television um and uh we we, you know little did i know at the time that you know my mom was actually taking us to the one dollar movie theater which meant these movies had already come out like three, four months before or six yeah, months yeah, earlier. Yeah. But, you know, but my mom, that's all she could afford. But, you know, at six years old, you don't really think about that. You don't care about that. You're just watching this movie. So I started exactly. fall, falling, I started falling in love with, uh, you know, I saw amazing films like Star Wars and Jaws and E.T., you know, growing up. And so I fell in love with film because of that. And then when I was probably about 11, 12 years old, I saw a movie for the first time called stand by me. Yes. Uh, Rob, Rob Reiner was a director. Uh, the film was based on a Stephen King book called the body. Um, and um, the basically it's a story of four boys around the same age, 12, 11, 12 years old. Um, they're Classic all best movie. friends. Classic film. And, uh, you know, they, they're, they, they go on a search for, uh, uh the body of this other 12 year old kid who went missing in their hometown and it's a small town of like, you know, I don't know, like 400, 500 people. So everybody knows each other. So they go on this adventure. And during the adventure, uh, there's a scene where they're camping out in the woods and um, the character of Chris Chambers, who's played by River Phoenix. Those of you that don't know who River Phoenix is, Google. Them. Uh, oh,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. River Phoenix and Will Wheaton, who played the character of Gordy the chance uh they were talking while the other two guys were asleep uh and near the fireplace and you know chris chambers is telling gordy about the milk money that he got a three-day vacation for that supposedly he stole and gordy's like well did you steal it and chris is like well yeah of course i stole it now mind you chris chambers comes from a family of felons his father was a felon his Older brother is about to be a felon, hanging out with the wrong crowd, uh, so everybody expects Chris Chambers to be a low life as well. So mm. um, you know, he says, "Yeah, of course I stole." It. You know, I stole it. Uh, Vernon, I took it. Everybody knew I took it, but maybe I try to give it back. And Gordy says, "Wait, you you try to give it back?" And Chris says, um, "Maybe, just maybe, maybe the teacher that I gave it back to stole it back from me." You know, uh, and I still got a three day vacation. And uh, Gordy says, yeah, she showed up Monday with the new dress and everything, right? And then Chris says, you know, now imagine me, Chris Chamber, kid brother, to eyeball chambers, telling this story. You know, do you think they're going to believe me? But do you think that B B word, I'm not going to say it, but B word, would have tried that with these rich kids, you know? And Gordy's like, no, no. And then out of nowhere Chris starts crying, and I mean bawling, like, you know, yeah. and he says, and he says, oh, F it. I wish I could go somewhere where nobody knows me. At that very moment, I I kid you not, bro, I started crying. I'm talking like a profound cry where it hurt me. Because I related to him at that time. I was around the same age, about 11, 12 years old, Mm -hmm. watching this movie. And this 12-year-old kid made me cry, move me. And at that moment, that's when I realized, I said, that's what I want to do. I want to move people like that. I want to make people feel something like that. I don't care if it's crying. I don't care if they hate me. I don't care if they love me. I just want to be able to move them through my performance the way River Phoenix moved me. And that was the mustard seed. That was the mustard seed that got planted within me that made me decide that I wanted to pursue acting.
0: That's that's wonderful. I mean, when I, I yeah. I've only maybe seen that movie twice. But of course, like you say, River Phoenix, Will Wheaton, Corey Feldman, uh, Jerry O'Connell,
1: Jerry O'Connell, which I worked with. Oh, really? Yeah, I have worked what? with Jerry O'Connell.
0: Oh, oh, wait. On which
1: project? It was called um, um, My Secret Identity. No, 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 oh, gosh. Okay. gosh. What, what was the name of that? Uh, J- Crossing Jordan. Oh, TV okay. show called Crossing Jordan. Yeah. So uh, so Jerry uh, played a detective that uh, Jordan ended up knowing. I think they had like some sort of a romantic thing going on. Right. Uh, and they were going to do a spinoff show with Jerry called Sunset Division uh, from that show. And I ended up playing. A character where uh, his name was Hector Churillo, and he was also the, the private detective. Uh, and he ends up linking up with them because you know he they work on a case together. And then um, there was supposed to be a spinoff show where I was going to be a series regular with Jerry, but it never happened. Uh, so working with Jerry was a, a great honor because I've actually worked with two actors from the movie Stand by Me. The second wow. one was, was Kiefer Sutherland. Oh
0: my gosh. Okay. So did you get a chance to tell either Jerry or Kiefer how much that movie meant both.
1: to you? Both, both. I, I, I said to Jerry, Jerry, you know, um, I just want to tell you, man, uh, I, I've been a huge fan of you since, uh, you know, stand by me days. Oh man, thank you so much. I go, well, here's a little fun fact, uh, River Phoenix's performance in that scene. I told him which scene it was is what inspired me to want to become an actor. He's like, Man, River would have loved to hear that. Those of you that don't know, unfortunately, uh, River Phoenix passed away from a drug overdose Mm -hmm. uh, when he was 22 years old uh, over at the Viper Room on Sunset Mm -hmm. Boulevard. Uh, It was one of the saddest days in Hollywood. One of the saddest days for me because, like I said, I loved River. And I actually got to meet him once. Once. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, a security guard at Universal Studios, which is where I ended up pursuing acting right, <laughs> at Universal right, right. Studios. And uh, he was shooting a movie called Sneakers with Robert Redford. And mm-hmm. uh, the main gate, the main gate guard, uh, there's an old Irish dude by the name of Scotty. Scotty was very, very mad, very <laughs> angry Irishman. You know. Anyways, he was very old, so he didn't let River in the in the gate because he wasn't on the list now it's river phoenix right he doesn't need to be on the list right but scotty doing his job he didn't know any better he didn't know who River phoenix was so he didn't let him in so you know anyways it was a little debacle they finally let him in and my watch commander uh he he announced he's like hey guys you guys got to look at at the list call production if you know because we can't have this happen again and blah blah now one of you guys has to go and apologize to mr phoenix i was like <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it and we we'll Lean go. And so I actually went to his trailer, knocked on his door and he answered the door and I go, "Mr. Phoenix, I just want to let you know that um, on behalf of the Universal Studios security department, we apologize for the inconvenience you we went through the main gate." You know, it was a uh, misunderstanding. He's like, "Oh no, that's that's fine." And uh and I and I said, "Um can I shake your hand?" He's like he gave me a weird look. He's like, "Yeah, sure." I go, I'm a huge fan of yours, and I'm an inspiring actor because of you. Um, your performance in Stand by Me is what made, made made me want to become an actor, so I'm pursuing that now. He's like, bro, oh, that's awesome, man. Best of luck to you. And wow, yeah, yeah, Dude, pretty amazing. That, <laughs> that's
0: so fuck. That's man. I love just to go back a little, man. Just to hear you, you know, be candid about you know you sitting in that theater. And having those emotions from his performance. And then you being on a lot of Universal Studios. And this is where you end up getting your big break from James Edward almost. It's just like, it's, it's, life
1: is a movie. Life is really a movie, man. Really? And and you know, it's funny. Everybody, uh, when I get asked, where did I go to school? Where did I study acting? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. And I always say, life has been my stage. Life has been my coach. Life has been my uh, technique. Uh, And because I I, the my acting technique, I take from life itself. In other words. You know, uh, the 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 art form of improvisation, right, or improv, as as it's Mm -hmm. called, Um, it truly is an art form. And a lot of people say it's the hardest thing to do. I find it to be the easiest thing to do, because what you and I are doing right now, this is improv. This is improvisation. This is just. Having a conversation off the top of your head, uh, depending on the subject matter that we're uh, that we're discussing at the moment. And i that's how I explained it to younger actors that I mentored. That's how you do improv. You know, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to give you a scenario and you just got to talk. Just talk, you yeah. know, and that's what we do. So that's 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 been my my acting school, if you will, life itself. So you're, you're right. Act, life is a movie, it, man. It,
0: and just like. You know, and I've said this a million times on the podcast, but like for me, like first of all, going to the movies back in the day was a real luxury. You know what I mean? It's like it was a real special treat. And for yeah. me, the the thing the thing that really like shifted things for me was when I the first time I watched Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom because I didn't see Raiders of the Lost Ark and I didn't watch horror movies. We didn't watch that stuff in our household, and that movie has a lot of horror elements in it. And yeah. I just didn't know what to expect, and man, when I tell you, man, that movie blew my mind. It was like, whoa, ripping out yeah. the heart, you know, and and, yeah. and eating <laughs> yeah. bugs and stuff. I was like, whoa. And so, to me, that's, that's what Star that's Wars kind of was movie... for
1: me. Hmm. That's what Star Wars was for me. Really, Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars is the film that really just kind of like. Blew my mind as a as a kid because of all the special effects and you know and throughout and my mom my mom to this day tells me you couldn't you couldn't keep quiet in the movie you kept asking mom how are they shooting that how are they filming in space how you know and it's like I was so fascinated by it so I get it yeah
0: and it holds up to this day I mean like my favorite my favorite Star Wars film I always like flip flop but I love Return of the Jedi because that was the the first one I watched in the movie theater but then you know later on in life watching like you know empire strikes back you know it's like yo <laughs> you know? yeah,
1: they don't
0: make movies yeah. like that anymore they, they don't. really
1: don't they don't bro yeah you know um, but uh yeah no, go ahead, no, go ahead.
0: No, i was gonna um no, no i want you to finish what you were saying because when like we talk about J- um Edward james almost like how did what was that like meeting him and and, and i mean what was that like so- man? he's a legend <laughs>
1: He truly is a legend, and uh, um, it's very interesting how I've come full circle. So, when I uh, was about to graduate high school, um, I had made the decision that I was not going to go to college, that uh, I was going to pursue acting, and uh, uh, I was going to make it or die trying. A little 50 Cent in there, right? Mm -hmm. And. (laughs) <laughs> and then, uh, uh, so what I did is, I and, my, and by the way, my parents were not thrilled at the idea that I was not going to go to college. Okay. Uh, suppose, supposedly, I was going to be the first one in the family to go to college because uh, I guess I was that smart or book smart, as they thought. Uh, but uh, I, like I explained to my mom, I said, Mom, you know, I feel like if i don't pursue this if i don't try this if i don't take a leap of faith it's going to be one of the biggest regrets in my life and i don't want to live the rest of my life living in regret and asking myself what if mm-hmm. living your the rest of your life wondering what if what if i would taken a chance what if i had taken the leap of faith what if i had given it a shot you don't want to live your life like that because that's not that's not a life mm-hmm. so what i did is uh i ended up uh uh, applying at almost every single major studio in, in L.A., Warner Brothers, Paramount, Universal, Disney Studios, Burbank Studios, everywhere. The only one that responded was Universal Studios with a job as a security guard, but it was a job uh, guarding sets in the back lot. Uh, that's how oh, it wow. started for me. and Yeah, so I got to actually be on a set in the back lot of universal watching the whole process of filmmaking or 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 television show uh making and uh, i learned set etiquette i learned the lingo i learned uh you know uh what the director yells and says before and after and you know observing just soaking everything in like a sponge you know And then I would start asking questions like, hey, man, you know, to other actors. Hey, man, how do I I become an actor? How do I get started? And there's always uh, a catch 22. It was always, well, you got to be in the union, the actors union in order to get these jobs. But you got to get one of these jobs in order to join the union. It was like a catch 22, you know, and it's like it just it seemed impossible. Uh, And just when I was about to give up, they ended up switching me over to working the production gate, which is where all the production vehicles would come in and out of. You had the main gate and then you had the production gate. So I worked the production gate okay. uh, and in the production gate. Uh, regular vehicles weren't allowed to come through, just production vehicles. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. So um, one day I'm working the gate and uh, there's uh, cherry red Porsche 911 with Florida license plates. And uh, tinted windows drives up to the gate and I'm like, oh, man, I got to tell this guy to turn around, you know, he's in the wrong gate. So I'm going like this and he stops and lowers his window. I look at him. (laughs) It's this man, Edward James Olmos. Wow. It was him. He had just finished production on uh, Miami Vice in Florida. Wow. And he was beginning pre-production on this on this film in my point <laughs> <that> way, <laughs> uh, Amer- uh, on American Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, holy, holy, Mr. Olmos. Now, mind, mind you, I've been a fan of Edward James Olmos since Zoot Zoot. Uh, and then definitely watching him, you know, on Miami Vice and seeing a, seen a Latino actor doing his thing and making it in Hollywood. He was an inspiration to me. So actually meeting him uh was was such an honor for me. And uh, you know, I I said to him, Mr. Almost, I'm a huge fan, you know, uh I, I'm an inspiring actor and I'm hoping to be like you one day. And he's like, just keep at it. You never know. You know, and uh so I let him in, needless to say. And he would stop by the gate every, you know, every couple of times a week. And uh he would always stop and say hi and talk to me for a minute. Very nice guy. Wow. And uh yeah, and um one day this guy was driving out of the gate and he stops and he's like hey uh this kind of chunky latino dude and he's like hey uh which one of you two guys is uh rolando because uh, i had a little filipino dude working with me we, there was always two of us at the gate and i go that's me he's like hey man my name's bob morones i'm uh, the casting director for american me which is the uh film that edward james almost is starring and directing And he asked me to ask you if you'd be interested in auditioning for his film. I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, he's looking for a cop, a Latino to play a cop, and he likes the way you look in your security guard uniform. He wants to see if he can act. And I was just like, I was very intimidated. I'm not gonna lie. And (laughs) I was like, "Um, well, you know, well, he asked me. He said, "Uh, are you an actor? Have you done any acting before? I'm like, no. He's like, really? I go, well, I mean, I've done like school plays and stuff, which I had, you know, a little school plays here and there in elementary school. Mm. And, uh, and he's like, I go, well, you know, maybe I can be an extra do background work. He's like, no, 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 no. I don't hire actors. actors." He goes, look, do you want to audition or not? And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. This is on a Friday evening. He goes, all right, come through Monday afternoon at uh, my office back lot and, you know, we'll audition you. And then the little Filipino dude that was there, his name was Randy, Randy, uh, he'd been trying to be an actor for a while. He had headshots and everything. He's like, hey, man, I'm an actor. I got my headshot right here. You could, can I audition? And he's like, yeah, I want you both come through? So anyway, so uh, Monday comes. I don't go. I blow it off. Because oh, no. to me in my head, yeah, because to me in my head, I was like, this is too good to be true. This is a fluke. I mean, there's no way, you know. So I show up at work at the gate and Randy comes in. Randy's like, bro, where were you? And I'm like, what do you mean? They were asking about you. I go, who? Bob Marone's bro. I went to the audition this morning, and he was asking about you. And he, I was like, Whoa. Are you serious? Like, yeah. He said, Call him. Call him right now. I'm like, Oh shit! Man. So I called him. Hey, Bob, it's Rolando. What happened? Oh, I, I had a flat tire. Uh, you know. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, which was which was bullshit, obviously. But uh, he, then he's like, Well, can you come during your lunchtime? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I can stop by. So, anyways, Second I, chance. I wow. <laughs> bro. actually this was my third chance and i'll explain to you why in a minute
0: uh but uh
1: anyway so i went back there and uh i auditioned and uh, i ended up two three days later getting a phone call at home while i was getting ready for work you got the part and i became the cop that arrested edward james almost at the bus stop in uh american me uh, back in nineteen ninety one. Wow, yeah, <laughs> and that's that's what got my acting career started.
0: That's that's incredible, man. I mean, like, that was your first time being on a movie set. That was your first time acting in a major movie. How, what was that? I mean, how did it feel like? You know, when you got okay, when you got the part, what did what
1: was your reaction? Uh, I was like, oh okay, cool. Thanks, Bob. He's like, you heard what I said, right? You got the part. I go, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I heard you. He's like, all right. Well, anyways, my <laughs> assistant will be in touch with you. All right. Give you all the details. I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks. I hung up the phone and I'm living at home at the time with my parents. Right. Mm-hmm. and I'm like, I got a part, I got a part of the movie. Then it hit me. I got a part of a movie. I got a part in the movie. Oh, my God, <laughs> Mom, Dad. And there's nobody at the house. I'm alone. Oh, man. Yeah. So it didn't hit me until after I hung up. You know, like, mm-hmm. this this was uh, mind-blowing, you know. And uh, those of you that are wondering um, what part I was in in American Me, I had one part. I had one scene and one line. And this is it. Oh wow. That's your 19 year old Rolando Molina arresting Edward James almost at the bus stop while his girlfriend's just looking, <laughs> looking on. So wow. I have these, I have these as memorabilia. I actually autograph these and sell them to my fans, you know, along with some other, you know, photos that I got. Uh so that's where you'll find me towards the end of the film. And that was Fantastic. the beginning of my career. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's 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 incredible, man. Um now I wanted I wanted to ask you about next Friday, but this is some really fascinating stuff I found out. Um you actually auditioned for Hector in the first Friday, is that correct?
1: That is correct. That but is because correct.
0: you were on living single, you weren't able to
1: to get you did get... your research. You <laughs> really did your research. All right, so uh, the story of next friday okay now first before i begin um you've made a common mistake that a lot of people make and the internet does not help okay so there's three of us joker brothers right can yes. can you see uh can you see this photo right here um yes but let me let me let me get a little bit closer How about now, um,
0: you see it? yeah, yes, I see now. Baby Joker, that's you with the with the toboggan, right?
1: The beanie yes. right here. Uh-huh. No, that's not me. What? Exactly. Everybody thinks that that's Baby Joker. Here, let me show you. This will be a better, better view. And I had to explain this many times, so don't feel bad. It's it's not your fault. It's the internet, and even when Young you look Dolph, it up on Google, it's, it's I know, I know, and Young Dolph did not help with his with his song Baby Joker. All right, guys, the Joker brothers, right? Yes. Okay. Little Joker.
0: Uh huh.
1: Joker. Baby Joker. Holy smokes! And Chico. And Chico. Okay. Baby Joker that's me played by me right that's Joker with the beanie and that's little Joker wow now, for some reason everybody always thinks that the one with the beanie Joker is baby Joker that's not baby Joker that's Joker uh and um it's been happening for many many years on my TikTok, when I first started it, I actually had to do a TikTok video pointing out that's Joker. There's baby Joker, blah, blah. I play baby Joker. He played Joker. He's the one with no locked doors. I'm the Astro Warrior. Baby Joker, <laughs> I'm the guy with, hey, hey, what you do to my pedal, fool? what you do? Hey, what's wrong with Chico? what you do to my pedal, fool? That's me. That's baby oh, Joker. Oh, my goodness. I'm but, so sorry. Which, no, don't feel bad. It's like I said, it's not your fault because when like you're right, when you Google it, My boy, his name is Jacob Vargas, my boy, Jacob Vargas, who played Joker. Right. The guy, the guy with the beanie right there. Okay, he's he's the one that that uh, pops up when you guys Google baby Joker from next Friday. And that's because so many people have posted on the Internet his picture with the words baby Joker from next Friday. And that's how the Google algorithm works. So uh, but if you Google it on IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, and you go look at the character at the cast list, you will see my picture with baby Joker underneath Jacob Vargas picture with the with Joker underneath and Lobo Sebastian, who plays little Joker with little Joker underneath. So that's how, uh, you know, people will know who plays who for real. Uh, and, And like I said, Young Dolph didn't help anybody. Busting out with a a song called "Baby Joker," and you know he he references my boy Jacob. So anyway, so uh, with that being said, that's been cleared up now. Now you know who I am. But um, so I had audition for the the original Friday, the first Friday, the role of Hector. Hector Mm -hmm. is the guy who drives a lowrider in Friday film, and yo, Smokey, yes, yes, uh, and Smokey's like, "F you, Hector," you know. All right, so. That's my boy, Demetrius Navarro, who ended up booking it. But when I went out for that movie, I didn't know it was... I just knew it was a movie called Friday, and I knew that Ice Cube was, uh, you know, going to be in it. Um, I auditioned for that movie, and then I auditioned for Living Single, which was a TV show uh, with Queen Latifah. Right. Now, when I got home... Uh, this was on a Friday as well. I got home Friday. My <laughs> agent, agent calls me and says, hey, congratulations. You got the part in Living Single. I'm like, cool. Starts on Monday. You're going to be rehearsing Monday, Tuesday. And Wednesday, you'll be uh, shooting in front of a live studio audience. I okay. love those kind of TV shows. I love shooting in front of a live TV audience. You know, it's kind of like being on a play, you know. It's a live performance. So um, anyways, in that in that show, I had one line. One line. Who had the black bean soup? Yeah. No, that was it. So uh mind you, this is uh, you know, 90, 90, 1995, I want to say, ninety-four, ninety-five. Um and then um, uh, you know, I go to work at the Warner Ranch on Monday. Uh I sign my cause every every time you get on set, the contracts are there in your in your trailer ready for you to sign and sign mm-hmm. them, and that's it signed my contract and everything done that afternoon. I get a call from my agent and she's like, Hey, congratulations. You booked the movie Friday. I'm like, Hey, that's awesome. All right, cool. Uh, she goes, it starts working this Wednesday. I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. I, I can't. I said, I can't start Wednesday because you know, I'm shooting the show. Uh, she's like, well, honey, this is a two week shoot on a feature film. That's going to pay you much more. And I go, I get that. But I already signed the contract, I said. She's like, well, there's ways of getting out of that. I go, no, 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 no. I can't. She's like, Rolo, what are you talking She was getting mad. She goes, what are you talking about? This is a movie with Ice Cube and you're going to get paid more. I go, I understand that, honey, but I already signed the contract. And my dad always told me, son, always finish what you start. Right, right. Stick to your gun, stick to your integrity. And that's what I did. I ended up having to turn down Friday and uh and do and, and do this one liner on the show because we shot in front of a live studio audience on Wednesday. And uh the production for Friday, they wouldn't move the dates around. It's called move the board because they have a mm. board with dates and anything. Go they can't move the board around. I said, Can they move the board around to Thursday? Friday, you know, i can I can start then. And she's like, No, they won't do it. Wow. So yeah, I know. So then, um, what I ended up doing was um, turning it down. And I kind of regretted it at first, right? But, you know, at the same time, I had to stick to my guns. Uh, So let's fast forward. Um, The casting offices over at Warner Brothers, because this was a Warner Brothers show. So if I had dropped out, It kind of would have messed them up pretty bad. And, uh, you know, they would have had to recast within a day. And Mm -hmm. that person would only have like one day of rehearsal and blah, 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 whatever. Uh, So they didn't have to do that because I turned down the film. And uh, word got around and uh, head of of, uh, casting at Warner Brothers Studios at the time, John Levy, uh, he uh, approached me and he's like, hey, we heard what you did. I want you to know that we're very thankful for it. I'm like, the right thing to do, I said. Okay. And then fast forward, um, I auditioned for this little TV show called ER. And I had an <laughs> audition for them. I had auditioned for them several, several times and wow. hadn't booked anything. Uh, finally, uh, I had auditioned one more time. And uh, a couple of days later, my agent calls me and she's like, hey. So um, they called from ER. I'm like, okay, cool. And then they she's like, um, so you didn't book that role. I'm like, then why are you calling me? <laughs> why, you know, why are you calling me to tell me I didn't get the part? She's like, no, no. Well, because they they wanted me to ask your permission for something first. I'm like, my permission for what? They want to know if it's okay to use your name, Rolando, as one of the characters on the show. I'm like. I'm confused why why would they want to use my name because they like you as you and they want to offer you a role of you playing the night shift admitting clerk with the same name Rolando just to play yourself and wow. you'd be a recurring character and I was like I'd be a recurring character yes So I ended up getting uh, a contract for seven out of 13 episodes. So I did 13. uh, I did seven episodes. And the best, best part of that is I was in the first season of ER. Mind you, this uh, medical drama went out, went on to do 15 seasons Mm -hmm. and is one of the best known. I believe it's actually second now because Grey's Anatomy just beat it because Grey's Anatomy is about to start their 20th season. As a mm. medical drama, and ER is second now, but ER had first place for all those years. Uh and the season finale episode that I was in, my character Rolando literally had the very last line of the episode. Wow. Ended. That is something so, else, man. Right, right. And and look, and and this is why I'm a firm believer in karma, right? Mm. Uh so that happened, and then A couple years later, I get a call from my agent saying, hey, uh, we got an audition for you, and it's for a film called Next Friday. I was like, next Friday? She said, yep, it's a sequel to Friday. I'm like, oh, shoot. All right, cool for Cube. You know, he's doing a sequel. So I went in uh, to the office and uh, ready to audition, and the casting director goes, hey, Rolando, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, Listen, just so you know, it's actually just a formality. We don't need to audition you. You already got the part. I'm like, awesome. Well, they said, well, we remember you from the first audition for Friday and we already know you're funny, you're talented. And, uh, you know, you, you, you go great with the other two that we picked, which was Jacob Vargas and Louis Sebastian. You you three are going to be amazing. And I was like, all right, great. So, you know, It all worked out at the end because Baby Joker, the character Baby Joker, was a better, uh, more prolific character in a lot. uh, I had more scenes, more lines and everything, you know, than uh, the the, the role of Hector on Friday. So, you know, uh, everything happens for a reason. And I always tell the younger actors that I mentor, because I got a few younger actors that I mentor. I explain to them, always finish what you start. Don't leave any production hanging. Don't burn that bridge because if you burn that bridge, you never know what the future holds. Mm. So just just stick to your guns, you know. And uh, yeah, and I and that's what I've been doing my entire career is always sticking to my guns.
0: Yeah, that's 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 awesome, dude. I love that you kept your word yeah. on, on next Friday. I just gotta ask you, man, because with that cast, man, um, one of my favorite movies is Kids, right? Just and period. you know. And you I know, know it, yeah, you know, he was he was he was great in that movie. And I'm, I, I, what was it like working with him?
1: Sorry, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, I always get emotional because uh, it it to me it was uh, it, it was it was a great loss. Uh, Justin Pierce is who we're referring to, who played the yes. character Roach. Roach and Next Friday, uh, amazing, amazing young man, very talented, very funny, um, had a big heart. He would, uh, I remember him and I would sit in between takes and we would talk about the movie Kids uh, because I was a fan of the movie before I met him. And, you know, when I realized it was him, uh, you know, we, we had deep conversations about that. And he shared a lot with me about his personal life his relationship uh, with his girlfriend who happened to be central American Guatemalan. Um, you know, and, uh, he, he he's just a all around fun guy to be, be around and work with, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, uh, when, uh, we we, when we finished production on next Friday, several months later, um, uh, Jacob had, Jacob Vargas had gotten, uh, Joker, had gotten invited uh, by the production company along with Justin and Mike Epps and a few other actors uh, to go to, I think it was Vegas, Las Vegas, to go promote the film. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, Jacob calls me a couple of days after and says, hey, Rollo, uh, I got some bad news, bro. And I'm like, what's going on? Um, Justin Took his own life. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Justin Justin Pierce took his own life in Vegas. Broke my heart, bro. It broke my heart because he, he was so young, yeah. He had a great future ahead of him. Unfortunately, he had demons, you know that. Um, that kind of uh, just took over. Yeah. That was one of the saddest losses that I think we've had in the Friday franchise. I mean it's it's always a sad loss when anybody passes especially i got very emotional when john witherspoon passed too because him and oh, i yeah. also had a nice nice conversations you know and also you know the scene where pops knocks me out um you know we he 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 was so he was so kind he was so worried he wanted to make sure he didn't hurt me you know and yeah yeah I, 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 yo, man, I, I, i'm gonna stop okay? like I, it won't in i promise you it, it, I won't touch you, you know. He was just, John. It's fine. Don't worry. We, you know, we got this. And, but um, you know, he passed away from natural causes. Uh, so did Tommy Lister. So did Bernie Mac. Uh, and it was sad, you know. But uh, Justin's death was. Uh, it, it affected me a great deal yeah. uh, because because it was unexpected, first of all, and uh, yeah. again, he, he was so young, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: and my condolences, man. I mean, like, I he just he seemed like a cool guy. He was a talented skateboarder as well. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, he was. Yeah. And um, he, he, yeah. he did all his own stunts. He did all his own stunts on set. Oh, with the really?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, gosh. He did all
1: those stunts.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, there's yeah. to go back a little bit because you work with John Travolta on Primary Colors.
1: What I was did. it like
0: working with? Stuff your nose with a rubber hole
1: with John Travolta, he's a legend. With with, with Danny Zuko. Danny Zuko. <laughs> listen, uh, I huge fan of John Travolta ever since Saturday Night Fever, yeah, and, yeah. Then, uh, and then and then Greece, and a few a few others after that. So when I got wind that I was going to work, not only with John Travolta, but also Kathy Bates was oh, in the yeah, film. Yeah. 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 um, And and it it was a great honor for me. And especially when I found out that the scene that I was in was going to be with him. It was just mind blowing. So. um, I'm not the type of actor to get starstruck by other actors when I work with them, especially celebrity actors, Mm -hmm. because. um, I've always told everybody, uh, you know, when when we're on set, uh, we're colleagues so I, I see us as we're there on the same level. We're there to do the same job. So um I don't get starstruck. I just know that I'm a professional. I gotta go in ready, prepared and, you know, uh right. do the work. Uh but when I met John, um I remember uh, he walks into the to the to the room and uh he introduces himself to each and every single one of one one by one, shaking our hands individually. Yeah. You know, classy guy. And uh, you know, I remember uh, I looked at him, and I'm like, "You're definitely pulling off a Bill Clinton look." He's like, "Oh, good, because that's what we're going for." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, man." Uh, and then in between takes, I remember uh, you know. Uh, well, by the way, a little trivia about that: the scene that scene that we shot in that library, mm-hmm. we shot that in my old junior high. <laughs> Get out of here. I, Walter Reed Junior High School in North Hollywood, and uh, so when I got the call that we were going, that's where we were shooting. I was like, "Holy crap, we're shooting in my old junior high!" So um, I told John, "I go, you know, this used to be my old junior high." He's like, "Really? Did, yeah." And I go, "Has it?" He goes, "Has it changed much?" I go, "A little bit, but not much." I said, "You know, this," and uh, so this is pretty cool that I get to shoot in my old junior high. Uh, and then we started talking and uh, I said, hey, John, I just want to tell you, man, it's truly an honor to be working with you, bro, because I've been a fan of you ever since Saturday Night Fever, man. And, you, bro, Danny Zuko is one of my favorite characters. you played in Greece and he's like, man, that's very kind of you, man. Thank you so much. So with that being said, in the scene, you know, where I introduced myself, I'm Anthony Ramirez and, you know, carpenter, freelance carpenter and this and that. Uh, you know, th- we we rehearsed it and whatnot, and then uh, towards the end, when he gets up and he gets emotional, he starts telling. Us, I really appreciate all you guys sharing your personal stories with me and this. And that. When I hug him, when my character Anthony hugs him, yeah, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't scripted. Wow, I I genuinely felt like hugging him, and when the director yelled "cut," John's like. That was amazing, Rolando. That was <laughs> so cool, man. Oh my god, thank you. He hugged me again. You know, um, oh, man. and the fact that the fact that they kept that take speaks volumes on what they thought of my performance, which I'm very blessed and honored. You know, man,
0: that's 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 uh, that's that's really cool, man.
1: Friday, um, like you know,
0: like I said before, that movie you know, from coming from the first one, that movie, that the second movie was so highly anticipated. Um, there was a story that I read back in uh I think two years ago where one of my favorite movies, Teen Wolf,
1: right? When Teen Wolf Two came out. Are we are we talking about the Michael J. Fox version? Oh yes. yes.
0: When they made Teen Wolf Two, which starred um Justin Bateman, they right. said there was there was a lot of pressure on that set. Did you feel like because of the first one? So did you feel mm-hmm. like there was any pressure like on the set of next Friday, you know, like people like, you know, like, oh, this gotta be as good, if not better, than the first one, or no?
1: Not at all, to be honest with you, man. Uh, What I loved about working on the set of Next Friday is that we were all there uh, for the same reason, and that's to have fun. To have fun, to uh, create uh, something memorable, which we didn't know, we didn't realize that this was going to become a franchise, that it did become. Uh, We just knew that every day we showed up on set It it was always laughs. Mike Apps had all of us dying, (laughs) um, you know, um, and, uh, you know, and also D.C. Curry and, of course, John Witherspoon, you know, um, and Kim. Whitley. Oh, Kim, that's that's my girl. That's my girl. Kim (laughs) and I, bro. Kim, she, you know, that's sugar, you know what I'm saying? Uh, But yeah, Kim Whitley was amazing. She I've always loved Kim's work, you know, so. Working with such legendary actors and uh, also Cube, you know, I get asked all the time, what was it like working with Ice Cube? Well, there's a reason why he calls himself Ice Cube, because he's cool as a cube. He's cool as ice. You know what I'm saying? What you see is what you get. He He doesn't put up a front. He is just a cool dude, and he'll talk to you. Um, but he keeps it real too. You feel me? Like I remember, yeah, this yeah. one dude. There's one dude showed up on set wearing Spurs gear, and you know I just keeps a Lakers fan, right? So he's like, he's like, oh no 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 no, homie, you ain't showing up on my set wearing that garbage. You better go put that away. He, go, and he made that fool go take it off and <laughs> put it in his car. <laughs> That's so, cool. so, you <laughs> that's know, funny. yeah, dude. And then and then uh, I remember we were shooting in the middle of summer. So um, <clears throat> there was a, a day, June 15th. Um, I I ended up showing up on set and we were shooting the scene with John Witherspoon where he knocks me out with the two by four. Uh, and uh, and then when I got on set, uh, everybody started talking about hey, Yo, today's asking birthday. Today's his, his birthday. And I was like, oh, that's dope. So as I was walking to the soundstage where we we're going to shoot that scene, um, I saw Cube's trailer and I saw him and Mike Epps chilling outside of his trailer. Well, not Mike Epps, it was somebody else, oh, DC Curry. Uh, and I go, yo, Cube, hey man, give him a palm. I'm like, happy birthday, brother. I heard on set that it's your birthday. I just want, wanted to wish you a happy birthday. And man, it's, it's just an honor to be working with you, brother. He's like, oh man, thank you, thank you. He's like, hey man There's uh, some tequila and some Rolling Rock in my trailer. Go help yourself, man. Take a shot for me. I was like, I was like, oh, Cube, I wish I could. I told him, but you know, I got to, I got to go on set. He's like, if I say it's okay, it's okay. I'm like, that. (laughs) So I went and I took, I took two shots of tequila. had a Rolling Rock down that shit like in five minutes, and went on set. I was buzzing when we were shooting that scene, bro. I was buzzing. And, uh, you know, and I, nobody cared, you know, everybody was having a good time. Everybody was uh, smoking on the ganja, too. You feel me? Right, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's the, that's that was the vibe on set. You feel me? So we, we had a great time. Uh, and uh, I, I honestly, that you know, one thing about being an actor and working on a set for several weeks, months, uh, or whatever with the same group of people not only the actors not only the cast but also the crew the people that work behind this camera uh we do become a family bro we end up yeah. you know uh, having a lot of fun and and acting like we're family filming and matter of fact um you know uh the 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 the, the rat party i don't know if, if anybody really knows what so a rat party when whenever you finish filming a film finish mm-hmm. shooting the film, it's called a wrap, like, you know, wrap. You, you, you're wrapped. You're done. So what we do is we have what's called a wrap party. Now that we wrap the film, not, let's have a party. So we go have a wrap party. Uh, and I remember, you know, we were all just having such a good time and and me and Q, bro, she we were lit. Oh, I got something fun for you. Okay. Cube so, and I were, um, you know, just Having a good time. I go, Q, man, do you mind if I take a photo with you? I hand my camera over to a friend. Say, yeah, yeah, man, let's go. And remember, we were both lit.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great, man. It's weird because he kind of looks like Method Man in that
1: picture. He does. He kind of does, you know, but trust me when I tell you that is definitely Ice Cube.
0: Yeah, man, That that's so cool. Yeah. Wow, man. And a very and a very
1: young me. <laughs> you know? so, I have,
0: look, I really apologize. Like, seriously, I went on Google like a million times just to make sure I said, like I said, it's not Hedini? your
1: fault. It's not it's your so fault. Crazy. No, don't even worry about it. That's why I tell everybody, don't even worry about it, because I know that uh, on online they have it wrong, too. And I don't know how to correct it. But, you know. But, you know, look, I got 96,000 followers on TikTok that all know who I am. They know, you know, the difference and, uh, you know, and and they spread the word, you know, which is great. So uh, by word of mouth, people are getting to understand that. That's, I just wish somebody would have told Young Dolph before he made that video, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and 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 gotten it wrong. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, it it, it happens. It, it is what it is. And I'm, well, I'm OK with it.
0: Like one of my favorite cartoons growing up. Now I know and no one is half the battle. G.I. Joe.
1: That's right.
0: G.I. Joe. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. Man. um, before you go, I just wanted to know. Um, and this is kind of like a, a personal question for me. Um, well, let me go back real quick. There is a lot of things right now being revealed in Hollywood, you know, um, especially after the strike happened, um, that is just mind boggling to me, but I'm glad things are starting to come to light, like, you know, Taraji P. Henson, of course, she's going online saying, you know, how underpaid he's been. What really kind of opened my eyes was there's this floating clip of Terrence Howard saying that he only got paid 12 G's for hustling Flow. And I'm just like, well, I want to know what is some of your thoughts about all of that, you know, as far as actors getting paid their just due and, and things like that.
1: Okay, so... um First of all, let me comment on my girl, Taraji P. Taraji P and I, we worked together, too. Nice. Yeah, we did uh, a show called Boston Legal together. Yeah, Boston um, Legal
0: with, with Chai, right? Uh,
1: Chai. With, uh, with, with uh, well, there was a, a slew of uh, celebrity actors on that show, including John mm-hmm. Larry Kett and William Shatner and Candace Bergman, James Spader, and the list goes on and on. Um, but uh, you know, she she was a, a special guest on the show, playing the lawyer, playing my lawyer, um, defending me and my little kid. Um, and I love Taraji. Taraji's an amazing actress. Um now I I saw that interview with with Terrence Howard uh that you're referring to. And um what I can tell you is this people automatically assume that us actors every single one of us is rich that mm. we have mansions that we have a dozen cars that we have no worries okay now with that being said, do we get paid well yes we do Union union actors we get paid well when we work um, the actors that find a lucrative career are the ones that end up on a television series. Especially if that series goes on for three, four, five, six, 7, 10, 12, 20 years, mm-hmm. 20 seasons, if you will. Like, raising like Friends. Friends, their last season they started, they, they were each making a million dollars an episode. Episode. It is insane. But with that being said, um, not all of us actors are on series regulars. We're not all on television series. So let's say that uh, I book a gig and I get paid $10,000 to do the gig. $10,000 is a decent amount of money, right? Especially for about a week's worth of work, right? Taxes. Your agent. Mm. (laughs) publicist, Yeah. Uh, You know, and whatever else you're lucky if you end up with maybe about 40% of your check, okay? Number one. Mm. Number two, um, you got to make that money last until your next project. And your next project could be a week, two weeks, a month, two months, or even six months from that last project that you did. So with that being said, uh, as actors, we depend on residual payments. Mm. Residual payments are like royalties, okay? Okay. So basically, let's say I did, I was a guest star on a television show on network television, primetime. Network being ABC, NBC, CBS, you know, all those. Um, And primetime being between 8 and 10 PM at night where they air it. Now, the contract that we have, or we had with, uh, well, we still have with network television is you're going to pay the actor this amount of money. And then if you decide to rerun the show again, his episode on prime time, you got to pay him the exact same amount of money. So in other words, if I got paid $10,000 to do that television show as a guest star, the right. next time they rerun it on prime time, I get another $10,000 check in the mail as a residual payment. Right. Okay. And that's how, and that and that's how us actors uh, survive. That's how we survive. Um. So what happened? Cable television showed up. We had a right. fight with cable television for better pay and residuals because now the uh, networks were shooting over their television shows to, to cable where we didn't have a contract. Right. And they can right. rerun all they want on on network on on the cable television shows, Right. Then streaming came along, stream, which yeah. we also didn't have. So now right. there's a loophole productions on network television no longer have to do reruns on primetime on network why because they throw all their shows to the streaming services okay and they can play they can rerun those episodes all they want without us not not just the actors but the writers as well getting residual payments and that's what we were fighting for last year that's why the writers and that's why the actors we all went on strike Right. And we got what we, we wanted. We got what we deserved. Okay. And um, because of the lack of residual payments, because COVID hit, we were shut down for two years because of COVID. Then the strike hit. We, you know, the industry was shut down for almost a year because of it. Um, a lot of actors, including myself, lost our health insurance. Wow. Yeah. Because we didn't qualify. You have to make a certain amount of money a year to qualify for the health insurance. Yeah. And the residual payments counted towards that, those earnings in order to qualify for your health insurance. So now I've been having to pay out of pocket for privatized insurance, which is a lot more expensive than what I had with uh, sag after And mind you, I've had sag after health insurance since 1992.
0: Right. And with the I lost speaking role with with, with American. Okay, gotcha. American wow.
1: And and so, but see, I'm not the only one. There's me, there's thousands and thousands of actors in in SAG AFTRA that have lost their health insurance because of it. You know, wow. uh, I'm I'm fortunate enough that I can still afford to pay for my own privatized health insurance uh, because you know I have other avenues of income and whatnot. But mm-hmm. uh, there's actors that that don't. There's actors that are literally living without health insurance to this day. And uh, the greed of the Hollywood uh, machine is what I'll call it. We all know who I'm referring to. Mm -hmm. Um, Saying that, uh, you know, making comments like, oh, well, we'll just, you know, starve out the actors and the writers when they lose their homes and their health Mm. insurance. They'll cave in. Well, guess what? We didn't. We didn't. We stood in solidarity. We fought against the Hollywood machine and we won. Yeah, we got the contract that we wanted. We got the contract that we deserve. And I'm hoping that by the end of this year, I'll finally have my SAG after health insurance back. I'll qualify again, Uh, you know, but uh, this is what what a lot of people need to understand is that, you know, at the end of the day. We're I call myself a struggling working actor because I've had the fortune uh, the, the to be working uh, every year, booking several gigs a year with the exception in the last three years because of COVID and the strike and everything's happened. I've only booked two gigs in the last three years, and that's pretty amazing considering, <laughs> you know, that yeah, I booked yeah. one gig during COVID and one gig, uh one gig right before the strike. uh So I'm blessed and I'm fortunate for that, you know um and i'm fortunate enough to have the talent that i have to have had a career of 32 years with 117 credits to my name on imdb which is uh, a feat in itself to accomplish because there's so many actors who haven't been able to do the same thing you know
0: so uh i i
1: I count my blessings brother i count my blessings for sure
0: yeah man um that's God, I feel like I learned something today. <laughs> this, is, this is awesome, dude, man. Because a lot of people don't know that I didn't. I didn't know, but I knew. I knew about the insurance thing because um, actor Jonathan Key Kwan who won an Oscar for Everything Everywhere yep. All at Once, who mm-hmm. played Data in the group.
1: I, I love him,
0: man. I mean, you, you. I don't know if you heard his whole story. Yes. Yeah. it's
1: incredible,
0: man. And, I mean, he really like he grinded like because I, I I really admire his story because like. For between, Goonies. Well, he did a few other things, but between Goonies and let's say Encino Man, he you know he was not doing a lot of work. You know I'm saying, and then for a while he had to go back to school. He worked behind the scenes. He was a stunt coordinator for X Men. Just incredible.
1: Um, A lot of yeah,
0: yeah. Um, do you? I want to know if you have any advice for anybody, not just children, but adult child anybody who just wants to do something outside of the box like what you're doing because for a lot for a long time you know it was it was the thing like you know do we have any advice for kids who want to be actors or whatever but now I- i'm learning that a lot of actors start off with in their late 40s or even in their 60s do you have any advice for any- i mean for anybody who wants to do anything outside the box
1: yeah i i touched on this earlier in the interview uh but um and I always end my podcast or my podcast interviews with this. Um, If you have a dream, if you have a passion for something, no matter what anybody ever says to you, no matter how many naysayers are out there, no matter how many people tell you, you can't do it. You cannot do it. Don't believe them believe in yourself, and take a leap of faith. Pursue your dream. Pursue your passion. Because I'm a living example that it's possible. Now, with that being said, it may not be true for everybody. You may take that leap of faith. You may may pursue your dream. You may pursue your passion. And you probably won't be successful because not everybody is. That simply means that It was not meant for you. But at the very least, you won't live the rest of your life wondering, what if? That's what I was saying earlier. You don't want to live your life wondering what if. What Mm. if I had taken a leap of faith? What if I had taken a chance? What if I had tried to be an actor, an artist, a singer, songwriter? Whatever the case may be, whatever the passion or dream you have. At the very least, you gave it a shot and you will not live your life wondering what if. You'll know that you gave it your best shot and that's all you could do. So that's my advice to you. Don't live your life wondering what if and take a leap of faith because I'm not going to deny the fact that I have made many, many, and I mean many sacrifices to be where I'm at now. And that is a veteran actor of 32 years that to this day, thank God. And I'm still doing what I love to do. I get paid to 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 perform my passion. There's you never work a day in your life when you get paid to do your passion. Mm. You know, so yeah, that's all I'll leave you guys with.
0: But man, the rules that you dropped today, man. Just, th- thank you so much, man. I really appreciate my it. Pleasure. Yeah, man. Um, enjoy your delicious dinner. Sounds great. Thank um, you, brother. I
1: appreciate that.
0: And thank you. Thank you so much again for your time. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't even touch on um your, your work with Seth McFarlane and um Family Guy <laughs> and American Dad. Yeah. You know, um do you do you, do you like voice acting? Do you, do you enjoy that?
1: I love voice acting. I love it because with voice acting, uh it's easier for you to um to become the character and commit to the character because You don't have to worry so much on the physical aspect of it as much as it is the just the the voice aspect of it, you know, and and uh, you literally can uh, change your voice to become whoever you want to become and not worry about what what you look like. Do you get to do it from home or do you have to be in the studio Uh, with with American Dad and Family Guy? uh, I've had to be well, the majority of them have been have been in, in the studio uh because um the auditions can happen from home which they do now uh but the actual work has to be done in a professional sound uh soundproof setup with the professional mic and a professional mixer and all that so yeah cool again man
0: i give you your flowers man thank you for being a part of a lot of great things man and thank you for your time i really really
1: appreciate you man and i hope you have a great rest of the day Thank you so much for having me, guys. And, you know, y'all have a blessed day. And uh, remember, 2024, let's make it our, you know what. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, sir. All right. Appreciate you. Much love, everybody.